It's our guy, the one and only Mr. Mark Drumheller, and he joins us right now because he's got some interesting player props in the NFL draft that he wants to discuss. I want to get into that a little bit. Betting for breakfast. He's This guy, man, He's it only took you a week to learn the PGA Tour and how to wager on it, correct, Mark? <laughs> Yeah, I'll tell you what, that was one of the benefits of the uh, the pandemic was really, you know, you had a lot of time to kind of zero in on what was available. Golf was one of those things, and I'll tell you what, man, it is it is four days of action. So um, it gets exciting, man, and I'm, uh, you know, it's we, we had a lot of good plays. We hit speed last week on the outrights, and, you know, we were hoping to do the same this week, but it hasn't really started the way we expected. Who was a golfer that you were eyeing up or a golfer or two you were eyeing up to uh, possibly get it done this weekend? Yeah, I was on Rom, and uh, we got we got very calm Rom. You know, we got nonchalant Rom. You know, he's even last time I checked, um, and he's just you know I think he's showing the patience and showing the kind of maturity he knows how to play the course, but he's just not moving forward. I thought today would be a big day for him to kind of step up after he felt things out yesterday. Just had the baby, you know how that is, Sean. You're laser focused <laughs> after you have a child. So um, I thought with all that behind him. Um, you know, he was a guy that I really targeted and, you know, I have him outright. I have him top 10 and I just expected a little bit more out of him today. Talking to Mark Drumheller. All right. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll mix in a little bit more Augusta before you get out of here, but I'm really intrigued to talk about this NFL draft because, uh, I, maybe it might be too late. So let me start there with you. Is it too late in your opinion for books that offer wagering on the NFL draft? Um, is it too late or is there still some good pot, good value out there? Good plays that you've been circling that you like? For, for instance, I'll just tell you like the number two pick, number three pick. We know who's going who or where, what's been rumored. So I feel like the bang for your buck has dipped just a little bit. Of course, number two, you can't even touch. I think Zach Wills is like minus 1500 right now to go to the New York Jets. We know that's a slam dunk, but, um, is it too late or are we just entering the right time to possibly wager on the NFL draft? No, I think we're we're definitely entering the right time. And listen, we know how one and two is going to play out, right? Like that's you know. But after that, I think you know there's a lot of steam on Mac Jones. Um, I I'm not sold on Mac Jones at the number three pick, to be honest with you. But um, there's a lot. Schefter came out with that report, and you saw the movement. So I did take a little bit of Mac Jones at three at plus one fifty. It has moved now. He is the heavy favorite. Um, I just thought when Schefter came out with that report, I said, hey, listen. You know, I'm going to back this um, just in case he's hearing the right thing, right? Schefter's a good guy to get behind. But I still think Fields could be in play with that pick, and I think that there's a lot of um, narrative around a lot of the wide receivers and Kyle Pitts and a lot of these guys doing a lot higher than expected. So I think that there is a lot of opportunity um, in those top ten picks, uh, you know, if you look at the board. If you were to, well, this kind of plays into Kyle Pitts. I know you want to talk about him and his player prop, but let me ask you, big picture, who's the first non-quarterback selected in the NFL draft this year? Yeah, I think it's Sewell. Um, I, I think that he's the best offensive lineman, and he'll be the be- probably the, uh, the best um, non-quarterback to go out. I talked last week to John, and I thought one way to attack it, which I thought was a great way, is to take – Patrick Sertain at plus 2,000 and then take and hedge it with Sewell because I think Atlanta's a team, and we'll talk a little bit about this, to where you know their biggest need is cornerback, and they're sitting at four. And I think there are two things are going to happen. They're either going to draft the corner and help that horrendous defense that let up every lead possible last season because they didn't have a secondary, or 
they're going to trade out. That team's going to get a quarterback. And then, of course, and then you have the Bengals there um, that have huge needs on the offensive line so they can protect their quarterback. So I thought that was a way that where you could kind of hedge it with Sewell plus 200 would be smart, and you can take a long shot with Sertain to where if Atlanta stays there, four is high for a corner, but when you have needs like Atlanta does on the defensive side, if they don't go quarterback and take one of the top four quarterbacks, I think – they could address that defensive backfield. Hmm, interesting. Okay, well, as far as Kyle Pitts is concerned, where are you seeing him, and what's the player prop uh, as far as the draft is concerned that that uh, has you intrigued and ready to fire on? Yeah, this one's very interesting, I think. Kyle Pitts, we know, is getting you know a lot of steam. Everybody talks of generational talent. He's going to be a tight end, a wide receiver. We've never seen a player like Kyle Pitts. That's all you hear about. Um, his over-under is five and a half right now uh, for the overall pick. I like the over in this spot. You can get it at plus 101. Um, it was at today on DraftKings. And, you know, as I spoke about before, I'm not sold on the Falcons taking, uh, you know, pits at number four. Um, I don't think that happens. I think that's way too high for a tight end, even too high for a receiver if you look at the history. Um, and we know they have huge needs on defense. So for them to use this capital um, on a on a a wide receiver or a tight end hybrid, whatever you want to call them. Um, I think it's crazy. I think, you know, a likely scenario is they probably trade out with the team if they know that they can slide back and still get that help in the defensive backfield. Um, so I think he definitely goes over. Like, I don't I don't think Cle- uh, Cincinnati at five, I don't see them moving out of that spot. I think they address the offensive line. There's some talk about how they might look at, look at uh, Jamar Chase because of the connection with Joe Burrow. I don't think that's going to happen, but even if it does, Pitts is not going top five in this draft. I don't think so. Um, and I don't think anybody is going to trade into the top four, uh, you know, to take Pitts. It's really, it would really be with Atlanta. If someone trades in with Atlanta, it's going to be for one of the QBs. So I think the over five and a half is, is money in the bank. Uh, you know, and a plus 101, it's like even money. I'll take it. As long as he doesn't end up in a Dallas Cowboy uniform, I'm okay with that. That's going to be trouble. And um, what, yeah, what... that's it. Thing that's going around is they think that you know Jerry Jones is just going to take another you know sexy pick and and that you know you can only put so many of these wide receivers on the field at one time. Yeah. So nope. I mean I, I don't know. I mean Dallas is another team is that defense was Swiss cheese got Mike Nolan fired. Um, so I don't know, man. I would be more worried about them taking you know a guy like Sertain you know than I would Pitts. But who knows, man? I mean Jerry Jones always a wild card. I know you just broke it down a little bit, but do you think? Like, is is he, honestly, you know, you, you take a look at, uh, the name's escaping me, that's why I'm trying to stall here, uh, uh, Claypool, correct? Claypool, yeah, Steelers, so out of Notre Dame, loved them, loved them, loved them. And now they play him all over the place, and he's, you know, when he matches up against linebackers, obviously we saw that with the Eagles this year, Nate Gary's not much of a, a force, uh, thank God he's gone, um, but he wasn't the only linebacker that Claypool had success against, so... Whether or not Pitts lines up predominantly at the tight end position, I'm still fine with that. Like people were telling me, oh, I'll pass on that because it's a tight end. I don't think that that's where he will line up 100% of the time throughout the course of the game, correct? Don't, don't you think they'll spread him out like Claypool a little bit? Or do you think, no, he's a little bit different breed than Claypool. He's going to be locked into that tight end position. Um, I'm not sure. It probably depends on where he lands, right? Like, like I 
could see him, like, if he landed Carolina at eight, you know, Joe Brady getting creative and kind of moving him around and doing a lot of different things with him. But, you know, there's there's going to be challenges with that as well. Like, I think a lot of people, when they talk about Pitts, they're like, oh, you can move him all over the field. You can play him wherever. You can play him as a wide receiver. Well, you know, is he going to be able to get off press when he has the best cornerbacks in the NFL jamming him at the line, mm. you know, if he's on the outside, you know, and was some of his success predicated on the fact that he's going up against you know, linebackers and safeties at the college level. And if he has to go up against corners week in and week out, you know, how does that happen? And, and you know, Claypool, listen, very successful. I get it. That's the model. That's kind of like the comp, you know, that hybrid tight end. But um, nobody was afraid of Claypool or the Steelers offense all year. And I think that's what we get into these top picks of the draft. We're talking like top five, top six, top seven. Um, those guys really don't tend to be difference makers, you know, from an offense in the way the offense moves. I know that there's, you know, like guys like Mike Evans who were drafted in the top 10 that, you know, were obviously really helpful for Tampa to win the Super Bowl. But I don't think teams are looking to build their offense around players like that. Um, you know, I think, you know, it, you look at history, tight ends haven't really gone, you know, in the top 10. And the ones that have, like Eric Ebron, you know, they, they haven't been real successful. We heard those types of things about Ebron. I'm not trying to say they're the same type of player, but I just think it, it is a jump for a player like Pitt you know, going into the NFL, and especially if they're going to play him predominantly a wide receiver. Talking to Mark Drumheller, X underscore Drumheller is where you can find him on socials. He joins us every Friday at 5.30. Close off the week the right way. Chris Exuch and Sean Brace in studio here at The Gambler. And um, over to another quarterback. Let's talk about Justin Fields. Uh, you mentioned it a little bit there, where I, I thought he was a lock to go third. Like I, I, I figured, okay, we got Trevor, got uh, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, go ahead and, and get out to Sharpie. And now, like you said, Schefter was like, nope, not the case. We're hearing Mac Jones. And I'm a Mac Jones guy. I can't believe he's going to go third overall. But Justin Fields, where does he end up, in your opinion, Mark Drummiller? And how can we attack his player prop? What are you seeing? What's being offered right now as far as Justin Fields is concerned? Yeah, again, plus money for him to go in the top four picks. So we talked about, you know, the Niners obviously are the linchpin there at number three. Are they going to take Mac Jones? Are they going to take Justin Fields? Are they going to take Trey Lance, right? I even heard a lot about that. I've talked about that previous on the show where if Shanahan's looking for a developmental guy, um, then he can sit under Garoppolo. Lance would be a great fit. But um, I, I just think that Justin Fields is too good to slide. And I think that we get caught up with the reports and the leaks every year. Like if you remember last year, it was two a two a two, and then all of a sudden it was like, hey, it's Justin Herbert, and and Miami likes Justin Herbert, and everyone's like, well, you know, the draft process, they're really close to Tua, they brought him in right away, you know, once they had access because we had the pandemic and all that, and, and people were like, no, it's Herbert, it's Herbert, it's Herbert, and then it ended up being Tua, right, and it was just a bunch of noise. So you know, the Mac Jones stuff again, there could be substance behind it. It might not just be noise; it might be more signals than noise, but. Um, I, I think it, it's also weird that San Francisco would let this get out, um, that they're that interested in Mac Jones. But So, I mean, I think Fields, though, even though if it is Jones at three, I think Fields is definitely in play at number four, um, either to Atlanta if they decide to draft a quarterback. Like, let's be honest, like Matt Ryan probably might have a couple good years left in him, but it's, it's going to be a few, right? He's, he's starting to get, like, antsy in the pocket and uncomfortable, feeling the rush before it's there. Um, he's definitely taken some hits over the years. So they could easily take fields there or they could trade out. And I think there's numerous teams that you could look at that would trade up to get a guy like Justin Fields at four. You can look at the Patriots 
have him sit behind Cam Newton, um, I think would be a tremendous opportunity. Obviously they're all in, they're spending money like crazy. Um, and, you know, so I can see them trading up. You look at Chicago, right? The Andy Dalton signing didn't go over too well um, in Chicago. So they could trade up. You know, Ryan Pace is out there trying to save his job. This might be a way to do that. Um, and I also think you could see some teams, like we know Washington's been talked about trading up into the top ten to get a quarterback. They've been tied to Lance, but, you know, if Fields is available for they could do that. The Raiders are another team. Um, so I think when you look at the draft board, like, Miami's not going anywhere at six. We know they're going wide receiver. You know, I don't think Cincinnati's trading out. So I think that these teams are really going to target Atlanta if they're not going to take Justin Fields to go up in there and get him. So I still think he's going to go in the top four picks of the draft, whether it's Atlanta or someone else. Um, and I'm willing to bet it. I think it's good value at plus 105. No doubt. Me too. And uh, I, I thought he was the second-best quarterback all along. I'm I'm a Zach Wilson guy. I I think he's a good quarterback. I think he showed us a little of what he can do at the next level. I'm a little concerned about the teams that he played against, and I, I don't I don't want to hear people poo poo that because we we know that defenses are so much faster at the professional level. Um, don't get me wrong. I, I still think he's going to be a pretty good talent, and uh, we'll see what he does with the New York Jets. But I think Justin Fields is going to be better. What do you think, Drum? Do you think if you had to take a choice between Zach Wilson or Justin Fields, which way are you going? Yeah, I run to the podium to draft Justin Fields. Right, like, and I run like like the best world class sprinter, like Usain Bolt. I'm running to the podium. Um, listen, I think Zach Wilson maybe he can be a good quarterback in the NFL. Very possible. Um, he did not look good against Coastal Carolina. And you know Coastal Carolina was a team that <laughs> I rode through the entire college football season, made a ton of money, and he didn't show up. And that was a huge game for them. And he did not show up, couldn't get anything done on the offensive end. <clears throat> and Justin Fields is a guy who's been tried and true through adversity. I mean, look at him in the Clemson game. Um, obviously, you know, didn't look as good against Bama, but, you know, Bama's pretty good defense, right? Pretty good team. Um, I, I just think he's a guy that I've been following throughout his whole career, even when he was at Georgia, didn't get the opportunity, moved on to Ohio State. And I, I think he's going to be excellent at the next level. Um, he's a guy that I wanted the Eagles to kind of be in play for. Obviously, that ship has passed a long time ago. But I think, you know, wherever he lands, he's going to make that team much better. I think that, you know, it's even a possibility he might be better than Trevor Lawrence at the next level. I know a lot of people anoint Lawrence as the king of this class, but I'm not sure it's going to turn out that way. I think Lawrence is going into a pretty rough situation with Urban Meyer. Yo, I'll just let you know, my eyes lit up when you said that. I'm a Fields guy. I'm, I'm a bigger Lawrence guy. I can't wait to see what he does in Jacksonville. Um, that's interesting, though. We'll see. Look, we got plenty of time to discuss that. And, of course, we'll, we know he's going number one. We know he's going to end up in Jacksonville. We'll see what that looks like. Uh, I want to end up on this one, though, because this could play into the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Jalen Waddle. Where does he end up? I know that Eagles fans would be loving the fact if he did end up with the Eagles at 12. Is there a possibility he drops that far? And how are you targeting Jalen Waddle when it comes to making money on a player prop for this upcoming NFL draft? Yeah, I was shocked when I saw this number. Like his over under for the overall pick is 11 and a half. Um, I couldn't get, I couldn't put this bet in fast enough. Um, it was a minus 125, so you're paying a little bit of juice, but. I don't see any way when the Eagles made this trade to move back to 12, 
I immediately thought, I'm like, wow, worst case scenario. Like, they might be able to get Devonta Smith here. Worst case scenario, it's Jalen Waddle. That's the absolute floor. And that's not an indictment on Waddle. Like, I think Waddle's a great player, but I just think when you look at the board and how it's going to play out, like, we know it's going to happen one through five pretty much. No one's going to trade up the four to take a wide receiver. So Miami is going to take Chase um, at six, you know, or Devonta Smith if they want. But even if they take Chase, and now you're looking at Detroit. They have huge problems on the defensive end again. Um, you know, they might even be in play for a quarterback. There's been whispers about that. Um, you know, Denver might be in play for a quarterback, but definitely not going to take a wide receiver. They took a hundred last year. You got Carolina, the Giants, Dallas. I don't think any of those teams are taking um, offensive players, to be honest with you. And I think that, you know, you're going to see your Pitts and your Devonta Smith, those guys fall. Um, I think we heard a lot last year about how they go as a historic class and all these great wide receivers. Nobody touched them in the top 10. They all fell out. Um, I don't see there any way that a guy like Jalen Waddle gets drafted before the Eagles pick at 12. So I was happy to hop all over this one. I just don't see it happen. And I think that because wide receivers are the big skill position players, they get us a lot of points in fantasy, win us a lot of money. People love the player props. They get the touchdowns. People think that they're just going to go high in the draft. Uh, but I don't think the teams that are drafting up there have those needs. Well, it's fast approaching, and uh, oh, by the way, I'll be off that weekend because I turned forty that weekend, so I am not working during the NFL draft. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's going to be the Drum and Jansen weekend, and uh, of course, mixing everybody else in. But uh, I know you guys will do a bang up job for us here on the Gambler during that weekend with the NFL draft coverage. Hopefully, we can make some money. I know those three plays you just tossed our way, Drum. I love the sound of all three of those plays, and you made perfect sense, as you always do. Once again, X underscore Drumheller is where you can find them. Mark Drumheller, fantastic job as usual, my friend. Have a great weekend. Best of luck on your plays, and we'll catch up next week, man.